Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to Stray the Course, the podcast. This episode, Glenn Kasabian returns with tales about his trip to Peru and Machu Picchu and what he's up to next. Make sure you check out episode four with Glenn, if you haven't already, where we talk about his trip to Africa and climbing Kilimanjaro. Glenn is a really interesting human being, and you can hear more about him on Great Northeast BJJ Podcast Season 2, Episode 20. Shout out to Red Wing Superior Podcast Network, home to this podcast, Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, and many others. Make sure you check those guys out and support them. Big thanks to our sponsors, Tortuga Soap. Everything you need to keep you smelling good at TortugaSoap.com and Dapper Ties. Quality knit ties at an affordable price. Enter the discount code ROLL and get free shipping. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. Um, if you could, uh, whatever you're listening on, iTunes or whatever, if you could put a good review in, that would be awesome. If you got any comments, send them in. Let me know. Appreciate all the support. Hope everybody's doing all right out there. Peace. Sweet. Ositos de oro. Yes, sir. That's like something of gold, right? Uh yeah. Osito is like oso is a bear, so Osito is bears a of gold. Little, little bears of gold. Oh my god. <laughs> Vive un sabor magico. Live the magic flavor, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ositos de oro. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, oh man, that's a good, uh, that's a good gift. That's the first, first podcast <laughs> gift right there. Um, so dude, when did you get back? You just went to Peru. Yes, sir. Glenn's, Glenn's travel log in the basement tapes is back for round two. Yeah. Um, Saturday got back after a little, little delay of a flight, um, hung out with my parents and kind of caught up on the old, the old holiday thing. But yeah, I don't know. What, what do you want me to talk about first as far as the trip? Um, Let's start in the beginning, dude. Like, so you had just gotten back from Kilimanjaro. Yep. Before, like, you come back and you're like, "Man, I gotta go to, I gotta go to Machu Picchu." More or less, I kind of wasn't sure I was gonna do Machu Picchu or Kilimanjaro to begin with, and um, oh yeah, decided Kilimanjaro just worked better. It was like a crazy challenge. I was up there with a couple people who had done Machu Picchu, and both of them were like, "It was awesome," and I just was, yeah, wanderlust was too much to not to not give in and just sign up again and go away. It was like perfect timing for work and as far as, you know, the holidays and everything. So got out there. Um, trip starts off in Lima, which I really only just slept in Lima for like five hours. And then we woke up and flew to Cusco from there. So where, so you flew from Boston to like Atlanta or something? Um, or? Yeah, Miami and then bounced yeah. down to, to Lima. To Lima. Yeah, yeah which Miraflores is really pretty. Like great surfing if you're into that. I think I'd like to go back and check out I've been there. some of that stuff down there and uh I heard it's a little polluted, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't get to explore too much, but it's a little foggy, and you know, I'm yeah, I'm sure there's issues in those countries, you know, in any did, city. Did you see? Like, I feel like I was at a restaurant that was like way out on a pier in Miraflores. Yep. Um, did you see that restaurant? I, I was driving I through in, the, yeah. in a very fast taxi. But <laughs> <I was laughs> one right. way or the other. Uh, um, so you flew into Lima and you stayed for a night. Yeah, I just very almost like literally just like laid my head and got up and. Went again. Um, that just showed up late. How long was the flight to Lima? 10, uh, 10 to 11 hours. 
to get yeah. a view of the mountains when you're like um, from from Lima to Cusco. Yeah, yeah it would that was a really cool flight because you're flying like right above the Andes Mountains and you see like can you kind of see the mine paths where they're mining and you and then you go into like the small little tiniest tiniest airport. Um, Cusco. Cusco. Yeah. Was it a normal plane? Or was it a small plane? It was a normal plane. There's yeah. a lot of people that fly all over, you know, locals. Every, You know, it's like one of those things where, like, when in Kilimanjaro, I asked the locals, like, do you ever climb that mountain? And they're all like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but I talked to people here, and they were like, yeah, Machu Picchu, like, everyone, like, goes. It seems like uh, the taxi driver had been to all the things. Because it's, like, a p- big part of their culture. You know, it's historical. It's not just, like, a mountain. It's, like, a trek that means a lot to, to them. Um. Was it Land Airlines? Is that the airline that? What was the name of the airlines? Oh, Avianca. Avianca was, the one I was on. Yeah. yeah. Latam is the other one. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The the Ositos de Oro are very good. Yeah. Ah, bueno amigo. Good, cool, yeah. good quality. <laughs> um, vive un sabor magico, magico. Hell yeah. Um. So, you fly into Cusco. Like you're cruising solo at this point, right? Like you don't, you're not traveling with the group. Yet. I flew. Lima is where I met up with everybody. Uh, I showed everyone else. I guess had had a night to hang out. They showed up earlier than I did, but then we meet up and we all we went up together. But actually, the four of us that me and the Med and Lima, we met up with a, another group that we combined tour groups, and then we that's when the trail like would would start later on. So we had like twelve people, and they, by the time we get on there. What's Cusco like? Cusco is a cool little town. Um, these town, that town's like super like indigenous. Um, it was you know very Spanish con- construction. Um, it was interesting because I guess the story is like the Incas lived up in the top of the mountains because they believed like the Apus, which is like the gods of the mountains, were um, were like where you wanted to be up there. You know they they worship the sun, the the sky, the water, everything. But the Apus where they would bury themselves up there. They would have temples to the sun up on the top of there. But the, the Spanish, when they eventually conquered, they um, banished them from the mountains. They made them all go into the valleys. And they built these, like, Spanish towns and, and made them build churches. And that was a good way for easier also for them to, like, control them and, and tax them and all that other stuff. So you have all these, like, tiny indigenous towns in the valleys below the mountains. Um, when was it? This was, like, what, 400 years ago? Yeah, like, shortly after, like, uh, the Aztecs and, like, Columbus and everything. they. It's a lot of the Spanish fucking people up. <laughs> it's like we did too. Raping you know? and pillaging. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about last night. I was watching Indiana Jones Part Three. Um, yeah. So yeah. do you know the guy's name? Hiram Bingham. Hiram Bingham. Yeah. yeah. The real life Indiana Jones. The real life Indiana Jones. He wasn't nearly as cool or badass, but uh, he was definitely like a professor that was sent to go cut through the jungle and explore and find the uh, whatever he could and. They found he found for the Western world Machu Picchu, which yeah, you know, they took a bunch of uh, artifacts and sent them back up to Yale and stuff like that. Were there people living there at the time? Um, there are people who lived around, so like he was able to ask uh-huh. the locals, like, "Hey, what, like, what, what about this city?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we know." And they showed him, like, National Geographic actually made him change the story and go, "Oh, make it seem like you just found it," like <laughs> because it was way cooler for them. Like, "Oh, we've known about this always." But yeah, they sort of made him seem like he just discovered this place. But those like locals were like, "Yeah, oh yeah, there's a crazy temple over here that yeah. we everyone forgot about because the Spanish couldn't be bothered to destroy it because it was like so in the middle of nowhere." Right. Little kids would go out there and play like yeah, like, no like abandoned buildings like in Dover. Right. A little like, graffiti action. Go up there all the time. Um 
So what, what? Like, tell me about Cusco, man. I've never been to Cusco. Cusco, small yeah. little town. You know, Plaza de Armas is a, is a really nice area as far as like architecture. Um, you know, super touristy in a lot of ways. But you get around and you go and you go away from Plaza de Armas because you want to spend a lot of time there. You're going to get offered a bunch of junk that you don't want. You know, and the food's expensive. But the people, you know, you go off to the lower areas and there's lots of people. Like, um, you'll see, you know, hostels. You see people like just doing their thing. Um, a lot of like expats, a lot of like yogis, and there's like ayahuasca ceremonies for sale there because like all that stuff, like San Pedro and ayahuasca is like so, like legal. So there's like lots of weird shit going on. Like Oyantanbe is like way more of a of a um like far out there town. It's like because it's it's a little bit smaller. It's not it doesn't have the mining industry and all the other things that Cusco is like an actual city with some tourism. But Oyantanbe is like almost like all pure. From my perspective, it looked like all pure, like just tourism with like a lot of strange, uh, strange people <laughs> going in and out of it. Tripping on ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do? You know about the ayahuasca? Like, what is it from? It's like a vine, and they like grow it in the Amazon jungle, and they like brew it into a tea or something. Right. San Pedro is almost everywhere too, which is like a peyote-like kind of reaction to a uh -huh. cactus. But those are those almost like it's amazing how common it was to see. Yeah. Yeah. Did you drink any of these things? I did not. Okay. No, maybe next time, but right. uh, I didn't really feel like I was. I did the trip off a cuff. I didn't know if I'd want to yeah. do that off the cuff. Yeah. Know, be a little more prepared. Yeah, I feel like you got to be prepared for one of those things anyway yeah. if you want to do it right. Put the piece puzzle pieces back together. Yeah. Some more time. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen people that <laughs> takes a long time to put the puzzle pieces back. Um. What? Um, so is it summer there? Summer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. But it was supposed to be like the rainy season. Um, again, like you know, Kilimanjaro was the rainy season, but I lucked out. It was the weather was like pretty good. There was one day where it really rained um, quite a bit, but it almost seemed like the timing. Like every time we got into the tents, it would start to pour, or we were eating lunch and it, we we're out of the rain, it'd start to pour. So lucked out. The, the Apus were smiling on us or something. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Time you say Apu, I think of the Simpsons. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what'd you eat in Cusco? Uh, well, you know, mostly the, the meals are rice and vegetables, like, you know, small portions of meat. I did, I did go for the cooey, the, yeah. uh, the guinea pig at one point. It was a goal of mine. Um, greasy, you know, like yeah. they bring first, it was like a fancier restaurant that <laughs> brought out like the, this whole, um, guinea pig with the head on and everything just roasted straight like on up. Like spit type of thing? Kind of. They put it in a, like a brick firewood oven or something like that. And um, they brought it out. They actually take it out so you can take a picture of it. And then they bring you like the real one that you eat, which is like half of that. And it's all like, it's almost like eating ribs. Yeah. Because uh, you got it, you couldn't cut it with your fingers. So, I mean, with your, and you had to use your fingers to eat it. And, uh -huh. um, greasy, like the skin was kind of fatty. Like it wasn't delicious, but it was all right. And like I had a little bit of a bite of llama and that was uh -huh. actually really tasty. Um, but I don't know if I would go out of my way to, you know, to eat a guinea pig. But eat a lot of them. It's I guess, you know, you think about eating, it's probably like environmentally friendly animals. Not very, it doesn't take a lot to, to raise them. I saw like a hutch where they were raising them in the mountains. And you think they live in, uh, do they live in like burrows, like in the wild? A guinea pig, you think? I, I would be just guessing, honestly. I don't yeah. know much about the wild guinea pig. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know if there is wild <laughs> guinea pigs. I mean, there must have been at some point somewhere. Yeah. They must live in like little burrows, like pikas, like little pikas or something. Pikas are, I don't know. They live in like little burrows, I think. 
Uh, so do they say Lama, Jama, Yama? How do they? How do these people pronounce? Uh, you know, Did I you get a, didn't get a definitive answer on that, but I was just calling llamas. Although you know, like the llama, it's like como se llama. Yeah, como so se... llama, llama. Yeah. Uh, shit, there's yeah. a little bit of like a uh, in between that I, I just can't pick up. I'm, I'm sure of my shitty accent. Some people could understand my Spanish. Some people were like, you know, eh, what? <laughs> like try again. Laughing at you. Yeah. But do people speak uh, like a native Inca? There's, oh, there's Quechua. Quechua. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, totally its own thing. I think thing. Moro told us about that. Yeah, right? but um, Quechua actually, I found out, did some research too, like Quechua, like when they made Star Wars, um, the guys who were trying to make like the alien languages like sound like real languages, they were basing them off of like real, so like Greedo and, and Jabba the Hutt are speaking like Quechua, like nice. a lot of Quechua, yeah. <laughs> We'll have to direct Trevor Stone to the Quechua. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> we'll figure out yeah. how to get that going. That could, uh, we'll have to talk to him about this. Um, drinking mate? Uh, a lot of coca leaf tea, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was pretty delicious. Uh, yeah. I liked out of you the know, gourd, uh, like little gourd things. Like you know, it's just hot tea cups. You right. know? Yeah, we didn't do gourds or anything fancy like that. We're just drinking tea. Um, Chewing coca leaves on the way up the trailer because so all these porters are still doing it. They do it all year round, like literally with like two days off a month or something like that. Like, like, I think it's good enough for me too. And you put a little bit of muna or mint like in there too. It tastes real tasty in the tea, especially. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you can get different kinds, right? Like of, of the mate. Like, I think you can get different. Like Yeah. Every coffee shop I went to had like, you know, and there's one little artsy coffee shop I went to. There's like six different types. You know, they make it's like a. It's like a real art, you know? Yeah. A la pobre? I don't know what that you is. You do a la pobre? No. No? I don't know what that is. That was something I ate once. is like a piece of steak on like papas fritas, french oh, okay. fries, and yeah. onions and eggs and all kinds of weird stuff okay. mixed together. Like a, yeah, there's a lot of like chief chaufas and stuff like that just mixed up, you know, stir fry type things. And Yeah, I, don't, I, I might have had an a la pobre once, but I don't even know what they're called. But. So you guys, how many people were in your group? Like eight? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Yep. Um, people from all over the world? All over the world. You know, it's one of a couple Americans. But yeah, it's interesting when you're around like a lot of people from all over the world and you get to just be like a global citizen. So yeah. you're not talking about like, you know, you get around to like the default of like, even just like how you measure things, like the metric system, you know, you, you have to start to realize like, oh, there's so many different ways people are seeing things and words you use and what's normal to you. You know, you realize that normal is really completely relative. Where were these people from? Uh, Australia, um, it, like a bunch of Londoners, um, a couple other Americans from like Houston. Um, yeah, all over. Yeah. yeah. What'd you guys talk about? Um, shoot, you know, uh, life and everything. I mean, they're like yeah, young people, almost, old yeah. People. There's there like actually a couple from South Africa that were like in their early 70s, late 60s, and they were like amazingly athletic. They like blew me away one day. I was like, Where how are they going so far ahead of me? But yeah, like there was a he was a farmer, and like you know, there's like all kinds of different people. There's people travel for different reasons. And one person from Canada like didn't know they were signing up for the hike, <laughs> they thought they were going on the train ride, <laughs> so they're like, Oh, shit. like, but they actually have a really good spirit and they um they did really well, you know. Um, people get into these things but 
I think 12 is a little too much for a group like that. You almost can't. I like to go and be like, you're, if you're walking in, even in silence for like six hours with somebody, you get to know them really well. But 12 people is like too much to get to know people really well because like, you're always getting interrupted or going back over the same things. And But when we kind of broke off into smaller groups, like, yeah, everyone was pretty solid. It was really cool. Definitely a lot of good friends there. Did you meet people from Cusco, like native people? Um, Yeah, there was a couple of locals. Like, it's interesting, like, I had to kind of go off my own to like get to talk to anyone and practice my Spanish. Like my taxi driver was like a really good way to do it. Like yeah. I learned about his family and how, and that's how I kind of got to know like a lot of people go and see Machu Picchu and like, it's not just like, oh, it's a tourist thing. Like he lived in Cusco his entire life, but he'd also been everywhere and yeah, and learned about his, his family and practice all that stuff they teach you in class. We're like, oh, mi hijos, es, es de cinco años. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he had been like outside of Peru, like traveled outside. Oh, of Peru? just out of um, out of Cusco. Out of Cusco, yeah. 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 How far is Machu Picchu from Cusco? Honestly, I don't know. Like, I think it's very close. But um, the way they did it is, they get to Cusco and they give you days to acclimate. Because like, even walking around Cusco the first day, and I it wasn't that long ago. It was in Kilimanjaro, but I just the acclimation high. was gone. Yeah. So I was walking around, my heart was up in my chest a little bit. You know, hard to breathe. You're talking, and you're like, oh, whoa. This is not normal. But um, they get you acclimated, then they bring you down to the Sacred Valley, and you go and check out Pika and, like, these other ruins. And, um, you know, then you go off on the trail, like, after day two or three or whatever. You know. The trail leaves from Cusco? It leaves from, I think it was uh, Hydro Electrico. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a dam town or yeah. something like that. It's really close. But, uh, yeah, you leave from there, you cross over the Yurubamba River. And uh, very picturesque. You go on the trail, which is actually kind of a newer trail that they made because a lot of people live there and people will be selling you like sodas and beer and pay us one sole to use the bathroom for like a running toilet and stuff if you want. Um, for That's the, first, the money. First soles. Yeah, soles. Like think about like they used to think that gold um, was an essence of the sun and they would worship it. They didn't really use it as currency. It was just a holy thing. Um, but so, you know, the, the Spanish used gold for money. So then there's like the essence of the sun is like sol, soles, you know, I mean, it's pretty, the essence pretty of the sun. Yeah. Um, so, so you guys, so you guys chilled out for a couple of days. How tall, how high is Cusco? Do you know? Do you remember? Oh, I feel like it's the highest point of the trek was like around where we could, was like dead woman's pass or something, which was like 14 uh, 100 meters or something like that. So it's like pretty high. Right. But um, they, Cusco is, is not that high. I think it's nine. But uh, I don't really remember. Right. Machu Picchu itself isn't super high. The highest point is like the second day when you're like going up and down the Andes Mountains. Is Cusco in the mountains or is it like outside Cusco of Cusco is like part of the like, I mean, it's almost like hard to be out of the mountains in that area. Mm-hmm. Like it's all mountains. And that was kind of cool. It's like, because Kilimanjaro is one mountain you're climbing up and you're seeing these different weird levels of the same mountain. But going through ranges and like seeing endless mountains is like, it's pretty rad. Even through the fog, which is super foggy. But not even, yeah, it was, that was a neat experience. Cusco is 11,000 feet. 11. It's yeah. high, man. Yeah. That's high. Um, so you guys chill out for a couple of days, like in Cusco, you stay at a hotel or like? Um, yeah, like uh, these tiny hotels, like, you know, like one didn't even have like it lost power at one point and stuff but like i think that's just part of like the city's infrastructure um it's pretty neat though they're all like they're all comfortable you know yeah, yeah breakfast was uh 
lot of fruit and people eat bread. I can't eat bread. So it was like right. a lot of me just eating fruit and <laughs> sipping tea, but it was good. Um, city's cool. Again, bouncing around, um, going into markets, a uh, lot of dogs everywhere, mm. you know, hustling. Like, Maybe you yeah. showed me, there, I saw a picture of the dog with the tracksuit on. Yeah, a little Santa tracksuit. He's like <laughs> really slick, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's super friendly. Um, one dog in uh, Oleanton Bay, like I was up right after breakfast, kind of sun was just coming up and like by myself. And there's this dog, he's got like crusted eyes. And I kind of fell in love with him. We spent like a half hour and he just wouldn't, he didn't, he, a lot of dogs are aggressive. They want your food. They want to like, they're excited, but he just wanted to hang. He just wanted to bury his like a little snout in my leg and just like chill. And yeah, I'll never forget that dude. <laughs> was, were people there celebrating Christmas? Um, Christmas wasn't a huge deal. Uh, there was a guy, a couple guys on the trail, like porters wearing like Santa hats just for fun. But yeah, um, yeah like there's definitely not a lot of Christmas for uh, for the indigenous because that's kind of like not their thing. Yeah. You know? um, but there's definitely a lot of people, there's a lot of Feliz Navidad, Be Prospero, Nuevo Años, you know, going on, you know. So I don't, I don't know. I was on the trail for Christmas and we didn't do much for that. We had like panetta with breakfast, panetta or whatever it's called. And, uh, Nobody really made a big deal of it. Is that a picture of your dog? That's not the dog, That's no. That's not the dog. That is a sweet dog, though. It's just <laughs> so many. I got the Santa dog. Yeah. <laughs> that dog is sweet. Yeah, he was super friendly. He actually hung out. He was in the market, too. He followed us around for a bit. and uh, Yeah. Awesome. awesome stuff. I was one time in somewhere in Chile, like way down in Patagonia. Mm -hmm. And uh, like one morning I went for a jog, and it was like... It was one of the coolest. There's like, I'm out there. Nobody else is jogging but me. But it was like, you know, chickens in the road. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. like the, the whole city's a farm. There's cows and dogs running around. It was like, for some reason, that's the thing that will always have stuck with me. Um, so you guys started hiking, like, from from Cusco. Yeah, yeah. How far is the um, hike? From like a hydro uh, the, the, oh, We hydro went like 43 kilometers, something like that. So whatever that ends up being in right. miles, like slightly less than 30, 30, 30 miles. Yeah, yeah. Three a couple, four days? Four days, yep. yeah. Three nights. And uh, woke it up at like three in the morning the last day because you want to get to Machu Picchu early so you get in line because they open the gate and they don't let so many people in at once. So we get up at 3.30 after hiking for a long time and wait in line for two hours and then they open up and then go to the sun gate and all that stuff because there's like you could just like you said take the train right? you could people you could can, just take the train straight to Machu Picchu and not do the trail right you know, which is very popular so you're battling like people that are just took the train too yeah yeah but I we were we were there so early that it was not a concern right. it's it's off off season slightly so it's not super populated you know like I said it's a rainy season um yeah, it's pretty rad though. I mean, they, they, there's a lot of history there as far as like uh, even the way they do the solstices, like the the light going through the one of the windows in the temple, like in the summer solstice, it's like a beam of light. And like they imagine, like they built this for one king because they everybody should just every time a king was gonna be rising up, he'd have his own city because like they believed people were gonna get um, reincarnated. So like, oh, we can't have a bunch of kings have the city because this is his city. He's gonna come back eventually. And like, pissed. yeah, we can't have this. So everyone's going to re re resume their own life. So another cool thing, it was like they had uh, the mountainside in uh, the Sacred Valley was um, 
filled with these holes because it's where people had been buried. They buried people in the side of the mountains. It almost looked like birdhouses or something yeah. like that because they would bury them in there like in the fetal position because they're going to be reborn with a bunch of their materials. And like if they were a farmer, they'd have their farming materials. Like they, they were a soldier, they'd have their weapons. Like you just would be prepared to resume your life eventually. But Get right back at it. it. And the Spanish had found it. So they had like dug and they grave robbed. So they went in, they went like looking for gold and all this cool stuff in there. So there's a bunch of all empty holes. And I went to, and my, when I was on my own in Cusco last day, I went off to the Inca Museum and saw they had like 12 mummies, like including like little infants and yeah. like, you know, all the crazy stuff, like all set up with their things. So, so Machu Picchu was built for a king. Yeah. An Incan king. Yeah. They don't know who, but yeah. What is and the Incans worshipped like sun gods? The sun god, they they worship the water. So like we went to the sun temple in Oyantanbe and there was like at the top there's all this materials for the sun for the sun god and like um people would leave offerings there, but in the bottom there was like a river that they turned into a fountain and people would leave offerings for the water. There's Pachamama, which is like Mother Earth. Pachamama. Yeah. Um so they were like in tune to the four directions. Like even my my guide, super fascinating dude in general. Um but you know, general. He, that's what they call. No, in, uh, in general. Oh, in general. What was his name? His name was Janry. Janry. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole story. Uh, he's he's so cool. Uh, Let's hear the story. He man. was raised in um, Via Bamba. It's like the last stronghold of the Incas. Like that's where they like never were defeated. I guess you know, like uh, so he's raised there, and he was uh, every at first he's telling people he was in the army, and people just kind of assumed like, oh, he's in the army. But I got to talk to him a little bit on the side, and he was like, oh no. He was like a child soldier, like fighting the government for like eight years old. He went in. He was from like a, this guy. His grandfather was like a coke, coca plant uh, farmer. He was a coffee grower, like had 40 like children, <laughs> like tons of different wives, like all houses all over. And he like chose Jenry as like his favorite grandson and like sent him into training. And he was like a child soldier from eight to 16, decided he didn't want to do that. You know, it's like a narco terrorist. You know, it's fighting yeah, the government, rebel. like fighting the you like people. The U.S. were like sending there to like try to <laughs> shut them down, <laughs> like hardcore. He's got scars on his face and stuff. But um, he uh, he left. He didn't want to do that anymore. He got this house in Cusco from his grandfather because his grandfather was like, "All right, but you know, I just wanted you to be prepared, regardless." And he kind of figured his own way. And now he's like a he's a tour guide, and he's like trying to start up his own coffee business up in the mountains too, and, and things like that. But um, hardcore dude, yeah. Like yeah. people, are like oh, tell some stories about like your time in the army. He's like, they're not funny stories, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm like, oh, I don't know if geez. you're ready for these stories, <laughs> Canadian. Um, <laughs> uh, man, yeah. How old was he? Um, he was uh, mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got along with him really good though. Yeah, he was he was really funny and like super super fascinating. So he was with you the whole time. He like guided you. Down yeah, the trail. he was the guy. You yeah. Know? Then we have like you know we have a team of porters who are carrying a bunch of stuff and like making lunch and stuff. And then we have like a couple other like junior guides that are there to help people out and translate. And are these people dressing like typical Incan? You know, or you know what I mean? Like oh, what I would expect. There's a lot of that all over. Right. Um, especially on the side of the roads and stuff. There's people wearing like the ponchos and the the alpacas. Like right. you know, we went up to. Uh, before one of the things we did to get us ready, we were like wasting time to be acclimated, was to go visit um, 
a bunch of women who raised alpacas and made wool sweaters and socks and things like that. And like, they're all dressed up. They have the hats that if they're turned up, that means they're, um, they're married. If they're turned down, that means they're like single or whatever and living their lives. <laughs> What's the difference between an alpaca and a llama? Um, llamas like stand up straighter, yeah. a little bit like they're supposedly the proud animals and alpacas are a little smaller and like more fluffy. But uh, yeah, llamas, I guess, are assholes. I didn't. I actually really got along with the llamas yeah. that I hung out with. We we bonded too. But uh, yeah, I guess they spit at you and they get all ornery. Like I think a camel. The, uh, like a big purpose behind llamas is like to protect your the rest of your like flock of stuff from you know. Oh yeah, predators because they're like loud and obnoxious. I think that's why people <laughs> brought them to America. Like I feel like you keep llamas because it. What you know, mountain lions or whatever, uh, they're afraid of llamas. Like, llamas are tough, man. Yeah, that's I mean, that's somebody told me that. So, you ever hear about fainting goats? No, they're goats that are bred to like when they're startled, just fall over <laughs> and faint. So, you have you raise them and you have them, then they'll be like, they'll be the sacrifice. Like, if a like a wolf comes, you have a, a, a goat that faints and when he's stressed, he's just gonna go down and the wolf's gonna eat him. And all the other goats can get away. <laughs> this is in America? This is, uh, yeah, this is the thing. I think Australia is where I saw it like, uh, as far as a video. But <laughs> they raise him specifically for that. He yeah. sacrifices himself yeah. or herself <laughs> for the... His choice or not. That's, right. That's what's happening. Is it like, how do you become the fainting goat, man? Like, you're just not bred. Somebody for... probably noticed one day. It was like, look at that goat. He, every, like, people play pranks on him and, like, yeah. whoa. And there's a lot of videos online about it. But that's what it was. So they just learned how to breed that trait into goats. Huh. That's crazy. No, I've never heard of that. So what other uh, wildlife? Was there any other crazy wildlife that I don't um, know about? cool birds. You know, you're going through the rainforest. But, we, you know, there's such a high traffic area. You don't see a lot of them. Right. I guess there's, like, little bears that have, like, um like they're wearing glasses or something they have like white spots around their eyes but they're not they're vegetarians they're not threat threats and you know um you know i didn't get to go to the jungle i kind of wish i did um go see some monkeys and things like that but monkeys i mean the jungle's far away though right there, there was part of it you could you could go it wasn't that far and then we went through the rain we were going through some rainforest parts of the areas too but uh, there's anteaters. There's like all kinds of cool stuff in there. And it was, I saw a lot of art about it, at least. And didn't get to experience it. Anteater time. art? Yeah, I did. I bought a piece of art from a really neat place in Cusco. It was like a art collective where a bunch of people like painted. And they, I like bought the painting. And it was like from the lady who made my coffee who also painted the painting. I was like, oh, wow. Like you guys are doing that's the awesome. thing. Like that's the dream. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so awesome. So like Machu Picchu, so you hiked for four days with these people. Mm -hmm. with, with your, were there a lot of people hiking the trail? We like didn't have a high group? level of traffic. Like, you know, you'd see the other groups occasionally, but like really wasn't wasn't super crowded. They also like Inca Trail has a cap of many. I didn't know if it was going to go because I did it last minute. So they had to go with this whole process if they could get me a pass. And like I was on a whole different like list from the people I was with because it was so last minute. But yeah. Yeah. Um, was a cramp. Machu Picchu had a lot of people, but it wasn't like uncomfortable. You know. What do you? What's what's on the trail? Is there other stuff to see on the trail? The mountains, which is like like, itself, it's something. Yeah. You know? Um, in like every stop in the first day or so, there's like a bunch of um, like little places to buy. You know, Inca soda, Inca cola, and beer, and like you know, a lot of dogs and cats hang out, which are awesome to you know hang out. With. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as you get up there, like. 
No, there's like camps and there's like some water. It's actually like they have some fairly sophisticated uh, bathrooms, considering you're out. Albanos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of them had even a shower, cold showers, you know. So it wasn't terrible as far as like, you know. It's hot in the day and like cold at night. Nothing unbearable either yeah. way. One first day was really, really warm. But uh, I was actually prepared for the worst, especially because Kilimanjaro was like, had some trying weather. My fingers were numb, and I was, you know, struggling at some points. But not so bad. This was, uh, this was reasonable. So, what, uh, what was the highlight of Machu Picchu? I mean, was it was the, was was Machu Picchu? Did it live up to the, to the hype? Yeah, I mean, it's actually really fascinating how much of like a advanced kind of thing they built it like on a very you're taking like a very craggy mountainous surface and they're building like a foundation in the rocks and then putting some um you know they make great commons where they had the feast and then they make like a pouring some coffee here so. <laughs> I'm peeing that's showing up on the microphone <laughs> i mean it'd be cool if you peed too nobody cares you know yeah they you can't see go it. behind a bush it's just like anywhere but <laughs> You're still, you went savage. Yeah, of course you're not, you do. You're not, you're not used to <laughs> right. civilization anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the advancements as far as, like, what they could figure out, like, the, the way they had rocks and, like, the king's bedroom and all these things. I mean, it's, like, condor rock was really cool. Like, there was this thing that was, like, shaped. The condor was, like, a holy um, animal, and there's a rock that was, like, shaped sort of like a condor, so they made a big temple around it, and, you know, the llamas hanging out and chewing the, the cud and doing their thing. And, um, Do people yeah, live so around Machu Picchu? Or no? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not super, it's not like, you can't live in there around it, like, you can't see anyone that's, like, living very close by, but it's it's a protected area, but yeah, you're, you're you got Aguas Calientes, it's like a 10 minute drive down the road, and it's a big city, you know, um, Super hot touristy, water. hot water, yeah, hot springs up there, oh, I guess, which would have been awesome. Yeah, wasted my time walking around through shitty tourist traps, but uh, <laughs> thoughts, yeah, yeah. Oh man. So if you would you say you should take longer time and and like if you ever went back there, I a hundred percent would love to go back and maybe go on a different trek or yeah. you know, and there's there's also the Nazca lines right the south and. Peru is like a very, very cool place. Like I could easily see myself going back there. What do you know about the Nazca lines? Um, they're even older than Machu Picchu, and like people don't really know. Like I guess there's some drawings there that like they're animals that don't live near there, so they're not sure how they knew about them. And also, like it's cool actually, but the Nazca lines, when you think about it, compared to like this thing, like um, you've got these drawings that are like if you zoom out, you can see that they're elaborate, but you can't really tell what they are from there. But like People do that on the mountainsides. Like they, I guess they used to like like light gasoline and then light it on fire to make a big burn mark to like um, like instead of being like O'Doyle rules with spray paint on the on the on the overpass, it'd be like burned up and like that's like what they they graffiti would be is like a, a, a scorched earth like mountainside thing. And I saw you saw that a little bit with like um, people were doing other like, rocks and making like drawings because they they try to prevent people from burning it now. But uh, right. it's fascinating. There's a different style of... Uh, I mean, Peru, from what I saw, was yeah. pretty poor when I was there. Yeah, yeah. These people are not... 
like loaded. I think people don't understand that, especially if you're just on the tour and you're going out and like you're they're trying to bring you places where it's like 35 soles for a meal. But I like you know, you off my own, I got like a three course meal for like six soles, which is like less than three dollars, something yeah. like that, you know. Um, and there's towns in, in Peru, if you do your research, I was watching a movie the other day, like they don't have police, you know, like you're like, you get some hardcore stuff where like once a month, the government comes in to raise the flag in the middle of the square, just to be like, Hey, this one, you know, we're here. But like, everyone's like, get the fuck out of here. Cause like, people don't <laughs> want them to like crack down on like their economy, which is like growing coca plants or whatever it is. And, uh, it's different it's in people like you know you go to lima and it's like oh this is like a city but it's clearly like it's developing a poor city still. though you know yeah i felt i felt like when i but which was 10 years ago still when i was you know, there yeah there's lots of like all these places have like you know the construction even is like the, the there's like a brick uh building but like the floor is being held up at whether doing construction not by jacks or pillars but by like pieces of like driftwood basically yeah. it looks like um I loved it though. Oh, it I loved fantastic. it. I loved Lima. Yeah. Um, I had some. I had no idea that there was a huge Japanese population in Lima, mm-hmm. and I had some of the best sushi I'd ever had in my yeah. entire life was there. Uh, from some, you know, food in general in Peru is highly, highly regarded. It's like a, it's a it's a food destination. You can yeah. go there and just eat really good food. And as you mentioned, it's funny you mentioned uh, Japanese because there's that half Japanese president they had Fujimori, right? And um. He is a son of a bitch, right? This he's is like, the president now. He used to be. He, this he is the actually former. was the president. Got like uh, busted for corruption. Like, you know, I think there was some like he had a lot of people murdered, and like he there's some stuff about maybe him selling drugs. But he when he got like, busted, he left with six billion dollars and went to Japan. And then he like faxed in his resignation letter, be like, "Yeah, dude, <laughs> see you guys." And then he tried to run for president again in, uh, in Peru. In Peru, he came back and from Chile. He was trying to run for president couple years ago and they um or not but they, then they, they threw him out and they um they extradited him and he got arrested went to jail but when i was there they fucking let this guy out they pardoned him the new president the current president so how long was, had he been in jail for he'd been there you know? i think it was 10 years or something um but now like i guess he's like older and they they, they want to give him like a mercy pardon but like People are like, what What are you doing? This is like, he's one of the biggest criminals we've had, one of the most corrupt people. So there's a big protest while I was there. Um, I noticed like the day before, there's like tons of police. I'm like, what's going on? And I asked the guy at the hotel and he was like, oh, this is some guy who's bad with the country. And he didn't really explain me. And I saw it. I was like, oh, I do know the history here. So this is like fascinating to see. They went through the town. They went into the Plaza de Armas that night. And, um, you know. The protesters? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty peaceful, but it definitely, um, it's Good to see people doing that. You know, it was also really a privilege to be able to see like such an important part like of their history like being played out a little bit there. You know, like social movements are huge anywhere, but I feel like South America has got like so much push and pull with these things that it's you know the history of revolution and all these things. It's really fascinating to see. What um, do you know? I mean, they have a president. What kind of government do these guys have? I mean, is this like? Sometimes it sounds like they're holding up by the string, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's actually a lot of people from Venezuela there as refugees because Venezuela's government's fallen apart lately and there's like no rule of law. So tons of refugees, you know, Peru's, as far as I know, it's got, you know, they have a president and they have like some sort of like, you know. They voted for him? Yeah, they, or Demo- Dem- democratic for democratic, sure. Democratic uh, yeah. to an extent, I'm sure. Um, and you see, like, it's funny because you go through these really small towns. And, like, they don't have billboards, but they paint the side of um, houses with, like, 
Peru 16, like you see these old, like, you know, um, campaigns, you know, plastered on the side of the, the house, like all these, these guys face or like some slogan, you know? So it's interesting that it's different. And even, even advertising, there's that brand stamping that people are into. Like they did in, in Kilimanjaro, like Tanzania too, like, um, entire sides of buildings would be painted with like a type of cement or a type of, you know, or cars would have like a little Adidas thing on the, on the side that like, I'm pretty sure someone's getting paid there to advertise just to get like their name known. Cause there's not a lot of, I mean, if you, ha you might even have like a very good reliable TV to get a lot of commercials on, you know, there's not a lot of information coming out that way. So they want you to become like associated with these things and they find their way to, uh, the marketing always yeah. finds its way. Brain control. <laughs> um, what I wonder how the people in the villages vote. You know what I mean? Like how how they how they orchestrate voting for this thing. Yeah, that would be really interesting. And how they regulate it to see like, yeah, you know, or even if they get to vote, I could see that people like that. Might not even get to vote. You I may mean, not. I, see it I know. I heard about a story in India where they brought out a voting machine for one monk who lived in the middle of nowhere. They brought it out to him because they cared so much about like the guy actually like people being able to vote and like pro democracy. That's that's awesome. Yeah, if they care. I'm sure there's tons of corruption involved, regardless. Like, you know, whether it's like you know, if you're painting, paying like paying to paint someone's house. With your ass, that's your slogan. Like you've got probably some other things going on too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean the economy. I, I don't know much about the Peruvian economy, but it sounds like coca leaves are probably the big. Uh, it's a big thing. Cusco. That's the thing too. Like uh, Cusco's number one is mining for gold and copper. Second, unofficially, um, is, is cocaine, and then you have like construction. Um, so. A lot of the, it's a very expensive place to live because it is like a nicer place to live. And um, I hear like drug dealers come in from the jungle with like cash money and buy people's houses, and that drives the prices up and everything. So there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy thing. So is there like cartels? Um, it's weird because I really don't, I don't know directly. And a lot of those are most of the farmers. Coca, it's not like Colombia. It's like a lot of like small farmers. So. You do have probably bigger things going on, but I don't. It's not like pervasive. It's right. like a lot of and like I mean, you can buy a bag of coca leaves at the store. It's not an issue. Cocaine, I think, is illegal, but um, I don't think anyone's enforcing it as far right. as I know either. <laughs> I mean, coca, cocaine is just like refined coca leaves, right? It's, like, I guess it takes a boatload of the leaves because the leaves are just like um. You chew them, and they're not really going to give you a buzz. So you're almost drinking coffee, right. or maybe even milder, but steady. And like you know, that's supposedly it's a lot of good health reasons for doing it. Like it's good for your teeth or whatever. But um, yeah, cocaine. Is like they, they burn it down. They put like acetone, and they do a lot of chemical like carry. I don't know. I don't know, but they do some shit to it, and like, it takes a boatload of it. But um, yeah. It's a crazy world. Yeah, I had to make sure I didn't accidentally bring any coca leaves back in my bag. I thought they checked. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it doesn't, it's not like I could do anything with it, but, uh, they're, you know, America's, you know. I could see you there laying in a bed <laughs> of coca leaves, like <laughs> throwing them around. Yeah, yeah. Look at my cat with catnip, you know, just chilling out. <laughs> Perfect. The clam catnip. Um, yeah, I, lo I mean, I love Peru. I, I was in a I was in a bar in Peru, like, and this will always stick with me. We were it's like three o'clock in the morning. There's a, a cover band 
The singer looks just like Lenny Kravitz. They're playing Guns N' Roses and John Cougar Mellencamp and all these crazy songs. And it's they're like playing it perfect. And the name of the band was La Negra. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they started playing cocaine. And I was like, wow. This is kind of like interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very meta. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But then afterwards, I'm like talking to the guy. I'm like, hey, man, you know, because there wasn't a lot. Like I happened to be, there wasn't a lot of Americans in the thing at the time. And the guy spoke no English. He could sing perfect English, but could not speak English. Yeah. Phonetically knew the words, but couldn't sing. Something like, just like Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) You can't understand him, but when he's singing, you're like, whoa. I saw. I never. I'll never forget. Uh, when was this? What year? Man, ten years ago. Yeah, you know, probably. Yeah. I would say ten years ago. Um, I really appreciated when I would go to a place and they didn't speak English at all because then it made me practice my Spanish. I would try. Me, yeah, I always tried. Fun. Yeah, I definitely always tried to. People, have, I think people appreciate it, even if they're laughing at you. Yeah, you know, they know you're trying. They know you. You know. Yeah. Which, you know. That's always been mine. I might have a vocabulary of a five-year-old, but I was able to like, you yeah. know, get my point across most of the time. Totally. Yeah. And I, don't know, I just feel like people people appreciate it, like that you're trying to. I always try to do what those people are doing. Like when we were yeah. there, I was like, you know, we would go out. To, I'd be like, "What do you guys eat?" You know, exactly. And they would be like, "Oh, we'll take you to the mayor." I'd be like, "No, man, I don't want to go to that place. Mm-hmm. I want to go to where." That's how I came across this ala pobre right. thing. Like, I don't want an effing hamburger. No, you know? dude, like, I want to eat what yeah. you guys eat, yeah. like in the thing. And and they would be like, "All right, you I sure." Know when I was in the right spot. Like we, our tour group would try to bring us to these places with like English names or like you know overpriced and just uh, safe. But I always loved when I go to a place and look around like. Oh, there's like families here. Like there's like yeah. there's like no other tourists. Like, you know, even it was like a sort of weird dinery type place. It felt like you know, maybe a, a Denny's or something like that. It's still like this is where people go, and it just felt cool and interesting. And then, never mind, like, you know, even like there was one place I went. It was like a Italian Peruvian place. So like they've had lasagna and they had all stuff, but they also were selling like I got like your traditional like rice and chicken and thing. They salt like. I don't remember what it's called, but um, they just that's like a place where families go, and that's that feels cool because there's a lot of Chinese uh, Peruvian restaurants. There's a lot of like these fusion things, and that's just that's globalization yeah. in action. Yeah, rather than some like place that's like there's KFC in like in Starbucks in like the totally. Plaza de Armas, and I have zero interest in that. Zero. Yeah. Zero. How was the co- like coffee's coffee's a big thing, wicked right? good? Yeah, you go off and uh, like I told you about that coffee shop that I with the art and. Just a lot of a lot of that um, chocolate was delicious. I got some of that too. Um, they they're, they're doing it right. Tastes different, right? You yeah, saying? for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even the mainstream sodas and candies are all made of different things there. So, right. I feel like even in America, you can you can, you know, if you're traveling, you can go. You know, like just as an example, we were in Maine last year, going up to Devin's wedding. Yep. But we did a little tour of Maine on the way up, and we were in, we were visiting our friend Jared Lawton, and I forget the name of the town, Far- Farmington or something we were in, and there was like, we were, we got gas, and there was like a McDonald's, it was breakfast time, and it was like, we could have gotten breakfast at the McDonald's, yeah. but I was, there was a lady pumping gas next to me, and I was like, and I could, you know, I sort of felt like, it was the middle of the week, you know, she was probably going to work, and I was yeah. like, hey, you know, is there a good place to eat breakfast here? 
And she's like, oh, yeah, right up the street, you know, at this thing. And we went to this, the A1 diner. And it was like a little, you know, like a little um, subway car. And it was great. Awesome. Yeah. And so we just had to go like a little bit off the highway, you know, to get to the... And it was so much better. The homogenized, like, consistency of taste is one thing. Get me out of that. But it's like, you might go to a place and it might suck. It might be like, it's fucking terrible. But at least it's different. And like, you get a little flavor of like the town and the essence of like, somebody created this when in, like there's a world of, of Applebee's but somebody tried to make this thing here and it's become its own thing and yeah that's, that's always worth it people are talking about real stuff like I could hear the owner talking to the, somebody that comes in there all the time and they're talking about how he's trying to hire cooks and all the cooks were having uh, opiate problems <laughs> right, and, you know what I mean and there, it was like especially uh, yeah it was crazy yeah. but it was real you know yeah. it was a real the real deal right um, Which is the most important thing because you can go and you could just go to the to- the places where, oh my friend, I want to sell you this junk, this tra- tra- crap that like everyone buys everywhere. But you get off that beaten path and you start to find like it, when people start to tell you like it was really interesting. Like Plaza de Armas, there's all these guys selling paintings or something like that. Like there's like shitty like pre like prints or whatever, but like they're trying to make it seem like they're real art or whatever. But uh, <laughs> uh, then they would when it's by myself. They're like, oh, do you want something else, my friend? Like, suddenly, there you get that second yeah. layer of like, oh shit, there's other things going on here. But it's always interesting just to see that because it is real. It is like that's like how it works, you know. Like it's not just cut and dry. It's not just you know. There's a lot of weird shit going on in the world. You might as well take a peek. Yeah, you got to get into it. Yeah, you got to dig in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think. I think not, so too. Not every, you know, so it's uncomfortable for some people, maybe too, but. Walk around, smell the smells in the town, like go to the places where like there's like uh they start to sell practical things, like people buying like building materials and then the clothes start to look a little more garish by our standards, like super bright, and like you start to know you're in the right spot. And like and then you can kind of like see, okay, this is like people doing their thing daily and this is like I'm starting to stick out, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That aren't used to the tourists. Because like you said, when you talk to the hotel people at first, they don't want to tell you about the real yeah. stuff going on. I did, they yeah. want to sell you Peru, you know, like, oh, Peru. No, there's no problems with the government. Right. Like, it's a great, you know. <laughs> but they go home at night and they're like, fuck the government, man. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. get, a, you got to press them to get the real information. Right. Show show that you kind of like do know a little bit and that, that helps, you know. Because I've also found people don't understand, like our friends, you know, we had these friends from Cameroon. Yeah, you mentioned And that. I once told them, like, I once told them we had credit card debt and they're like, if I told people in Cameroon that Americans had debt, they would never believe me. Oh, right. They would never believe it, that we weren't all rich. Right. You know, Except like, that oh, we're a country built on debt. Built you know, like, on debt, right. First, first slavery, then debt. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, that's, that's the truth. So people, people have funny, uh, funny, you know, ideas about how we are. Well, I guess we have the same things about how other people are yeah you, you realize there's a lot we don't understand to even like like people can watch in these other countries like both tanzania and in south america they will watch american media but their consideration and their understanding of game of thrones is gonna be a lot different than ours <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but that's super popular they're living in game of thrones <laughs> right <laughs> i i stayed away from game of thrones you did. for a long time oh you previously i converted. i yeah. well i was like after the i don't know the last social media explosion of 
Game of because every day after the thing you it'd be like, whoa, game. blown away, you know. Yes. Hashtag winners coming something. Oh you yeah, know? and I, finally I was like, I gotta know. And so I bought the book. I bought the first like set of books or whatever yeah. on the Kindle, and it was. I really liked the books. Were yeah. good. I thought you know it wasn't like it was good, <laughs> easy reading, good. It was confusing because there's so many freaking characters. characters. Yeah. Um, but I did enjoy the books. So I read that whole first thing up yeah. until, you know, when she birthed the dragons or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then one night I was sitting at home and I don't really have TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. So, but I was like bored one night and I was like, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out the Game of Thrones. And I bought the first season. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that like, uh, I got to be honest. Didn't, didn't sink its teeth in, no? I think it was all right, it was but it wasn't like, uh, I watched a couple episodes, but I wasn't like, I mean, maybe it's because I read the book first and I wasn't, you know. I mean, I know. read the first book, like, because my dad is actually super into that, like, fantasy stuff. So, yeah. he read the books, like, way, like, OG, like, hipster, like, way before there was even rumors of there being a show. Yeah. So, I read that first book and I was like, oh, that's really good, but it's super depressing. <laughs> but it was really good. It's in high school or something. And then the, the show has come out and, like, I've gotten into it. I don't, right. I'm not obsessed. I feel like. Now that we're a little bit ahead of where the books are, I'm like a lot less. Um, I'm like, well, this is kind of losing the the feel for There's me. There's definitely some differences. Obviously, yeah. I mean, you got to make differences yeah. with, uh, you know, putting something on TV or whatever. But I also the weird thing was as I was reading it, I felt like I had read it before, which is odd because I really don't think I had ever hmm. read it before. But it was like. I'm pretty sure That's I read this before. You have a peculiarly, you know, your own relation to that. Apparently, apparently, know. I've lived it. Maybe, yeah, I don't maybe. Know. Yeah. Uh, did you watch any TV? And I watched a lot of like random stuff that I knew. Um, like I watched South Park in in Spanish, and I watched like cartoons. You know, yeah. like Tom E. Jerry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I always yeah. do enjoy like to see different TV in yeah. different places. You Even sit around and watch like telenovelas like in the coffee shops, which is really fun. You oh, know, man. really dramatic, harsh lighting, like you know, it's always some crap going on. Very yeah. dramatic. Yeah. yeah, I don't watch a lot of TV in America, but when I do go other places, I do, and I, I like turn it on. Gotta be like, gotta watch explore. what they're. First thing I ever noticed in South America was ESPN. They had their own ESPN, mm-hmm. and it was like the exact opposite of ESPN here, where ninety nine percent of it was football. Yeah. But there it's and football. then one, but it's real football. Yeah. And then one percent of it was dedicated to the ninety nine percent that we watch here, which was I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I've gotten the habit for now for traveling to buy the soccer jersey from the local team when I travel and yeah. like wearing that. The last day, man, I got so many freaking daps from people. Like people, it matters. I'm like, oh, I better like know what's up because Cincinnati, they're giving me the fist bump and they're telling me why it's the best team and why Lima sucks and why Cusco is better. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, oh, all right, man, like cool, like it, it's like heart and soul and it's funny because i even saw like a guy one of the guides at machu picchu give a tour and he's wearing a patriots shirt and like oh go patriots because you realize that tribal signifiers like it ah. might be bullshit but it matters it, it does for some reason you go if you're say you're from say you're from new hampshire right the new hampshire people you know we get along with massachusetts people but deep down we look at massachusetts people and we're like ah you know you're not you're below us you know kind of split. yeah new hampshire people <laughs> were better massachusetts people look at new hampshire people and are like oh those hicks from yeah. you know cow hampshire missing teeth but if you're out in like la and you see a guy from massachusetts you're like brothers yeah you know you're like or even new york new york people and boston people hate each other 
That's you know, true. Sports wise. Yeah. But if you're in, in, in California, the New York guy is like your brother. Right. Because really we're like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're pretty close to yeah. the same. You know, If you're there short term, because I remember meeting people in L.A. that were like, they wouldn't tell me where they were from because they were like, oh, I'm from this town, this pound. Because <laughs> they became LA. LA. They wanted to tell me they would, They weren't from New York. They were, And then later on I find out, like, oh, there's one's from New York, one's from Colorado, but they're telling me they're from, like, this place over here. That's a whole other weird Fucking thing. Fucking wacko. That's L.A. <laughs> That's weird L.A. Thing. issues you know for I mean? sure. Like, you're not from here, dude. No. You're from friggin' Queens. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of baloney. Um, so what's next on the Glenn, uh, oh. Glenn tour, dude? It's winter. You can't you know? stop now. Yeah. I'll probably be hanging out more locally, you know, in New York and Canada and like, you know, just training a lot and getting ready maybe for a fight in the next couple months and then roll it over. You know, I don't know if I'll go to LA with you guys or something like that or um, travel. I could go anywhere. It's going to take some time. I busted out these two like boom, boom right off the bat for like big trips. But um, mm. Iceland's got the BJJ Globetrotters this yeah. summer. That looks really cool. I don't know. Did, did you see the one? Do you know about the one where they go to Greenland? It, yeah, they go to like this town in the middle of nowhere, like a whaling town or something. Like that it's like that one intrigues me. Ugh, I it's hate cold. Being cold. I hate it. But I'm how cool? Already, just being back for two days. How cool would it be? And it's not easy to get to Greenland because I yeah. I looked it up because they it's free. You just got to right. get there. Well, getting there, you got to go to Iceland and then to Greenland. That's why people go. I think they go to that Greenland one and then the Iceland one. Yeah. But the only way to get to Greenland is through Iceland. On like um, a small ass like putter plane, right? It's I don't like, know. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like a... But I'm interested in, yeah. in, in that. Other than, I mean, I hate the cold. I just jumped in the ocean. I can't stand cold. Yeah. But I'm like, Greenland would be, that would be an interesting... It would be cool. Uh, like, would be for a, the experience. Yeah, yeah. It would be amazing. Yeah. Um, what... You should definitely come to New York on this next trip a couple of weeks from now with us, without a doubt. You yeah, should come. That's going to be a good one. Um, what is something like that you want to do, you know, like your bucket list? Like you're like, man, I want to do this thing. Like I asked Trevor this and he's told me about it. He's right. He wants to write a um, oh, fantasy man. novel. Shit. What is like, what's something where you're like, man, this is something I really want to do. You know, you got something like that? I really, I mean, it sounds kind of dumb, but like, I'm like everything. Like, I'm just like, yeah, like, why not? And somebody's like, you want to do X thing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I don't really have like one particular thing. Yeah. I want to travel. I want to see a lot of cool places and like just kind of keep learning. And I know that my, my life changed as soon as I decided I wasn't going to say no to things anymore. I was like, I mean, did, you know, if someone was like, Hey, you want to go, you know, within reason, you know, I'm not going to say yes to something that's, that's stupid. Yeah. But like I, for a long time, I think I let fear, um, dictate that. And you don't even know you're doing it, Yeah. but you do it. And, you know, a couple of years to, to, that's how the podcast thing first started was I told the Riddler, I was like, listen, I decided I'm not saying no to anything anymore. If I want to do it. Even if I think people are going to laugh at me, I'm going to do it. And ever since I decided that, my life has gotten so much better and cooler and amazing things yeah. have happened all because of that. Because I was just like, when somebody says, hey, you want to go for a boat ride when we're in New York City? Yep. And Amanda says, yeah. 
I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And next thing you know, we're out on a boat looking at the Statue of Liberty, you know. That's thing, you just should open the door. You, you know? just, like, they're there. Yeah. People that have cool stories, like it's not like they're like born special or anything like that. It's just like they just kept doing something and then the shit happens and then suddenly you're like. And you're they there. lead to yeah. the next thing. Yep. And next thing you know, you're eating Osito, you know, Ositos de Oro yeah. in my basement. <laughs> Little bears of gold. <laughs> Little bears of gold. How much cooler did gummy bears just get? Little bears of gold. What do you like to eat, George? I like to eat little bears of gold. <laughs> Haribo, man. Global. Global. Global power. Global. Everybody. It's, it's like the universal language. Me and Kurt Oceander eating Haribo. Every duty-free has Haribo, too. I noticed that. Like, <laughs> they giant pound bags of Haribo. I mean, hopefully not, but they could be part of the Rothschilds you know, and the Illuminati <laughs> yeah, right. probably own Haribo. Right. And, and they're like... Feed me some kind of mind control in the little bears of gold, but I'm in. Yeah, I'm can't on. fight at all. You know, you, yeah. know, you gotta make you fight chick picker battles. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I lost to that one. Um, man, you're fight. You're inspiring me, dude. You know what I mean? Dude, like, we're doing it together. Yeah, big tribe. You know, that's, trying to learn, and that's what it's all about. That's yeah. what I hope. Yeah, it's definitely what I hope. Um, thanks, brother. You got anything else? Any uh, any other interesting? Tidbits from Peru, you want to? Oh, jeez, what else? I'm sure there is. I'm going to keep Inca Cola. Inca Cola. You drank yeah. the Inca Cola. Yeah, tastes like a fancier cream soda. Yeah. Looks like Mountain Dew. Looks like Looks Mountain like, Dew. Or like really dehydrated piss. Like it's super bright <laughs> yellow. But it's tasty. I yeah. liked it. Um, Pisco. Pisco. Like almost oh, like tequila. Yeah. Pisco sour right. is really good. That's like a lot big. of different types of stuff like that. Um, rum I brought like a bottle of rum to share with some people um, for Christmas Eve which was a good bonding experience and even if you didn't drink it it was like you know got everybody loosened up and we had some good stories to share with each other um, on the trail so it's, that's uh -huh. a suggested thing yeah um, so you actually spent Christmas Day on the trail yeah woke up on the trail and it was Christmas yep that's uh, awesome yeah and you came back Saturday day before New Year's day yep. before New Year's Eve yep I wonder how they said, were they, were, do people talk, were the Peruvians talking about New Year's? New Year's is a big deal, I guess. I'm really kicking myself for not extending my trip and kind of doing something with some people there because, like, um, I guess they, like, fireworks are huge in general. Like, I heard, like, um, little kids throwing snappers, like, boom, boom, <laughs> all of the whole time I was there, everywhere. Like, and even Christmas night, Christmas Eve, like, there was somebody in the mountain shooting fireworks off somewhere because you'd hear them. Um, firecrackers and then I guess I saw some pictures from Lima and there was a big celebration and yeah people go they find their reasons to party when I went to South America I bought soccer shirts too man yeah I had like a I got a Maradona Diego Maradona jersey good, upstairs good. Yeah. yeah I got a Peru like yeah. I think it's like the, oh. I think it was like the, the country national team yeah Peru just made the World Cup the first time in like 30 years so that's a huge deal for them yeah um, I wish I knew more about soccer. Like I watched one World Cup game, and it was actually awesome. It was the one where the guy headbutted the other dude and got kicked out. It's like his last, he was a big superstar. He got, he got kicked out, ejected. His team lost in overtime, like a shootout, which was like I've never been invested in soccer except for that game. I was like, oh my god, yeah. I, 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 it's 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 not in me. It's like I don't really care about sports, but I can get into sports because it's in the background of my life, like as far as team sports, but. Soccer was in the background of my life. It's it's gonna have to be a learned thing, and that's difficult. Yeah. It's the sport of the but world. It's the sport of the people. You know? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you can go 
you go to Brazil, you go to England, you go to Argentina, you go to Peru. Yeah, Tanzania. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're all playing soccer. Yeah, yeah. Just not in, in uh, America as much. Cool, man. Well, we'll talk again after your next Most trip. Up, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, cool. brother. Hell yeah. Yeah, peace, everybody. Ositos de Oro. Viva Peru. Very good. Yeah, get in there.